1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. John Jastrzemski!
2: Sports Radio, One Nine FM. The Fan! W-F-A-N! It's 8.04. Here on this Friday evening, it is a jam-packed show. It's JJ After Dark, John Jastrzemski. We're guiding you through the next three hours right here on the fang, get aboard. Want to hear from you at 877 337 6666. And just think about this week the Nets get James Harden, the Yankees bring back DJ LeMayu and add Corey Kluber. And oh, yeah, the New York Jets have themselves a new head coach. On top of all that, you got the division around in the NFL, Final Four in the AFC. Final Four in the NFC. So to give us some perspective on Robert Sella and to help us out with these games coming up over the weekend, we welcome him one of the best, Charles Davis, CBS Sports. He did a fantastic job with Iron Eagle last week, and I'm kind of annoyed about the fact that he's not doing a playoff game this weekend. What's happening, CD?
3: How you doing, baby? JJ, I'm doing great. Thank you very much for your kind words. Hope you and yours are doing well, and everyone who can hear our voices, the exact same
2: cd amen to that job well done with iron you guys killed it i thought it was the game of the week with indianapolis and buffalo we'll get to that in a minute but i gotta start with the new york jets they have a new head coach robert Sala, coming to town i know jeff fans were looking for a leader of men i know jeff fans were looking for a guy who's got energy who's got passion we saw that on the Niners sideline the last couple of years and CD, I did calls and shows for the last I don't know day or two since the news yeah. broke. It's tough to find a Jets fan who doesn't like this hire. So I ask you, Robert Salad to the Jets. What's your initial take?
3: Oh, I'm very, <clears throat> I'm very excited for Jets fans. I'm happy for Robert. Um, he's a guy that you know how it is, JJ, in our business. You you meet a lot of people, right, in different different you know places, different <clears throat> times. And I've seen Robert Sala work his way up through the ranks. You know, he's one of those guys that, you know, of our generation, at least I should say my generation since I'm 56, the way we were raised and heard from our parents and our grandparents, right? You get an opportunity. You work your way up and earn your right to be the boss, right? You know, the old, you pay the cost to be the boss, right? Robert Sala has done that. He's put the time in as a quality of control assistant, right? He's put the time in as a position coach. He's put the time in now as a coordinator. He's learned from various head coaches and other coaches that he's been involved with. I think what's going to be most interesting about this, this thing for him is he comes in as a defensive guy. We understand that. So his imprints will be all over the defense. I haven't heard whether he said he wants to call defense, if he's going to have someone do it, how heavy he'll be involved. But let's face it, the biggest question he's gonna to have to answer is he and Joe Douglas, the GM, what's the move at quarterback? Are you are you there to rehabilitate, quote unquote, for lack of a better word, Sam Darnold? So that Joe Douglas can take that number two pick and shop it and and turn it into more players? Are you looking to pick a quarterback at two with an evaluation probably starts with Justin Fields? Those are the questions that have to be answered. And those are the questions that we will see answered. But as far as a person who I think knows who he is at this stage of his life can tell you what he's about and what he wants. I think it's a really good hire because I'm really big on, you know, leader of a team, not just one side of the ball. And even though he's a defensive guy, I think he'll touch everyone on the team.
2: I totally agree with that. And I think the Jets are probably hoping they have their answer to Sean McDermott, and their answer to Brian Flores. Two new coaches over the last five years that I think are going to be sticking around for a long time in the AFC East. McDermott and the Bills playing this weekend. Brian Flores had a 10-win team in Miami. And Charles, you just hit on the quarterback. You're gut at this point, And it's very early. And I know we're going to go through combine, mock draft score. There's going to be all sorts of buzz about what the Jets do with two. What is your initial reaction right now? If you were the Jets, you sticking with Sam Darnold for another year? Or would you fall in love, or I should rephrase that, are you in love with either Justin Fields or Zach Wilson?
3: I would not be, and this is really early, JJ. I've got so much work to do. I'm looking at them. But my phone would be wide open right now if I'm Joe Douglas. So you're all going to trade down.
2: Interesting. And you think there will be interest because there's so many quarterback-needy teams Detroit yeah. if they move on from Stafford. Atlanta yeah. if they move on from Matty Ice, who knows what the Eagles are gonna do. So you'd be working the phones if you were Joe Douglas. You think that's priority number one?
3: No doubt about it. I'd be at worst compiling info, at least getting intel to see how serious you feel like people are, where where it comes from. And don't forget some people are going to not just send you, you know, the the phone calls and all that. They're gonna try and get you offline somewhere. You know, almost pull the deep throat on the whole thing to let you know that they're interested. Keep this in your hip pocket and all those things. I think that that's what Joe Douglas has to do. I'm pretty sure he's way ahead of me on these things. I really respect Joe's acumen and, and, and football IQ on all this. I think that he's got plan. He's got a couple of plans in mind, and we'll go through with Robert Sala. But I, you know, my sense with Robert Sala as a head coach is that he's not going to be standing on his desk screaming, let's pick a quarterback. I think that he's going to be on his desk saying, okay, how can we build up this entire team? And if you guys believe in Sam Darnold and have believed in him, if you guys think that we can do things with him, bringing in, of course, you know, uh, Mike LaFleur as the new offensive coordinator, I think that they may go in that direction if they have enough interest in order to deal the number two pick and get the requisite number of bodies and maybe other draft picks that can help them continue to build this team.
2: All right, CD. Let's get to that game you did last weekend. It was awesome.
3: Yeah.
2: Indianapolis outplayed them in the first half. I don't know if you agree, disagree. I mean, that sequence. I agree. Third goal. You know exactly where I'm going, CD. I didn't even need to finish it. Third and yeah. goal, fourth and goal. Explain this to me if you're Frank Reich in the Indianapolis Colts. You're running it great. You've got all the momentum in the world. How do you not just run it up the middle twice there? You know, to me, going to the outside and then once you get stuffed there, CD, I almost feel as if you got to take the three in that
0: spot.
3: Yeah, I thought that we, you know, in this situation, we were right there with the teams in the action. Does that make sense? I felt like Ian and I and Evan Washburn. I thought that we were right there because we talked about it when we got the third and goal. Where were they about the one at that point, right, JJ? And I and, and I'm I'm pretty sure. That we had a quick discussion at third down where we said, Hey, to me, this is two down territory. And I believe Frank Reich is thinking it. He's gone for it on fourth down 16 times during the regular season. We know he's that type of a coach. And I said, And I think we also, you know, again, I'm putting us all together. The consensus and what was said was third down, if you don't get stuffed, like if you don't have a loss, it's four down territory. But if you have a loss that's significant, you probably kick the field goal and get out of there. We said that before the third down, snap. They snap the ball. They run it to the outside, as you noted. They get stuffed. It's fourth and four. I was like, well, you kicked field goal. Like, I mean, There's zero hesitation in my mind. Now, I have said this, and you know, I'm not on social media anymore, but I would tell you. I would You're better it.
2: off for it, by yeah. the way, Charles. That was a
3: small yeah. move by you. I give you credit. Well, well, my thing was, look, I am gonna, I need to take a class this offseason in analytics. Because I will tell you, J.J., after the game, I had a few texts to me by people who are in the analytics world saying he still made the right move and here's why. And I still don't understand. So I need to take the analytics world.
2: Yeah, and right. I thought I was an analytics guy, Charles. Normally, I'm all four of these coaches going for it. Like Mike yeah. Vrabel, punting on Sunday. Hated it. Yeah. Mike Tomlin, punting Mike Tomlin on Sunday. Hated, it. hated, hated it. it. Like, I'm Mr. Analytics. That's one where if you lose three yards and it's fourth and fourth, the four-yard line, kick it. Uh, no analytics kick it. there, Charles.
3: Kick the field goal. To me, kick the field goal and you keep stepping. But they went for it, and they had a nice play call. And Pittman was open. But because of the pressure, Philip aired it out there a little bit too much, a little bit too far for him to get and come away with nothing. Okay, so that was one where I thought you should kick, they should kick the field goal there. When they got the penalty after the touchdown and decided to go for two because the ball got moved forward. Another one where I was like, I don't know what you gain here. See, because if you kick the extra point, it's a seven-point game. If you miss it, you're down eight. All right? If you get it, if you get the two, you're down six. I, again, what are you really gaining here? I don't understand this part. They go for it, get stuff, don't get it. So, I you know as I said someone's got to sit me down teach me analytics 101 cuz I'm all about analytics as well in terms of enhancing the game. I don't think I'm stuck in the mud that you don't do these things cuz I'm with you. I don't think analytics came into play with Mike Vrabel's decision and with Mike Tomlin's decision. To me they were football decisions, okay? You struggled the whole game long. Let's just take the Browns Steelers. You struggled to get back into the game. Okay? Now you're 4th and 1 at midfield in a game where you struggled slowing them down, but now you've slowed them down a few times. I need to go ahead and close the gap one more time and really see if Cleveland's going to handle the pressure. Once they punted the ball away, I was like, boy, are you in trouble? And Cleveland was like, hallelujah. Oh, they did them a and favor. It Charles, it it's ball. like one of those
2: instances. Sometimes oh, yeah. when you were to you know, go down the road of polling other teams' fans, like if I were to get 100 Brown fans in a poll in like a yeah. room, and I asked him, what did you think about Mike Tomlin's decision to punt? I guarantee you 98 or 99% of them are going to say, thank you, coach. You did us a favor to quote the late, great Danny Green. You let him off the hook.
3: Yeah, it was, it was pure relief, is what it was, because the pressure was mounting now, because Ben Roethlisberger's on the other side. I know at the end of the night he threw four interceptions, but if you got Ben Roethlisberger coming at you, and now his offense is starting to move. And he sticks it down your throat one more time and you've got a tight ball game in a situation where at least Pittsburgh has been there before with the head coach, with the quarterback, etc. Now you've ratcheted up the pressure. But as you said, Denny Green, to me, they let him off the hook there. I would have gone for it in that situation. That's just me. And again, it's not analytics. And it's easy to say, but I watched the game and Chris Collinsworth said it at the time. He's like, I'm going for it here. I don't know why you're playing the football. And as it turned out, it turned out to be the wrong call. Look, the call ultimately is always in the hindsight, right? <laughs> right, JJ. If if somehow Frank Reich and Pittman if Pittman connects with with Philip Rivers, it's an outstanding call. Boy he knows his team. That's a gutsy call on fourth and four. I just didn't think the risk and reward. I just didn't think it was worth it. And they missed on it. I didn't think it was worth it going for two. They missed on it. That didn't make me overly smart and smarter than Frank Reich it's just that in that situation I just didn't see where you were gaining as opposed to what you would have had by going ahead and bringing your kicker out there in both situations
2: we got the great Charles Davis NFL on CBS did a fantastic job with Ian doing the Bills and the Colts last week All right, let's start here, CD, with these playoff games. I can't wait to watch Buffalo and Baltimore Saturday night. Lamar Jackson finally gets the monkey off the back and wins a playoff game. Not only wins a playoff game, CD, overcomes a 10-0 advantage. I I thought that was, you know, a chutzpah type of game. That was a money type of game for Lamar Jackson. He needed that. And on the other side of the field, I see Josh Allen, who continues to wow me. The progress he has made in his third year – from where he was last year, from where he was two years ago, is beyond remarkable. So to me, it's Baltimore's running game, and whether or not the Buffalo Bills can shut him down. Is that the key to this one?
3: I think that's a huge key, absolutely. And let me just go back to Josh Allen very quickly, because you do NFL draft as as much as anyone else, right? The old adage of a quarterback's accuracy in college getting better in the NFL That's one of the bromides that have been around forever, right? What you see in college, you're not going to necessarily get more accurate in the NFL because the coverage is tighter, the people cover better, it's quicker, the windows are smaller, etc., right? We all know that that's pretty much true, too, right? In three years, Josh Allen has improved his completion percentage by 16 percentage points, which is unheard of in NFL football.
2: And it's gonna I'm get, get Brian Dable a job, Charles. You know it and I know it. That's
3: getting Dable Brian, a job. We Brian Dable's done a great job, but Josh is putting work in as well. Okay? So when you put it all together, that's what you got, right? But what you're talking about with this game, how Leslie Frazier, the defensive coordinator for Buffalo, and of course Sean McDermott who's a defensive guy, how they decide to coordinate defense, what they're going to show to to Lamar Jackson. There won't be a heck of a lot of man-to-man coverage, I tell you that, J.J. They may mix in occasionally, but I, I doubt there will be a heavy diet of it. Because if you play man-to-man and he breaks out of the pocket, oftentimes you have a receiver running downfield with a DB trailing him and Lamar Jackson running down the backs of both of them because you can't see him coming. So you're going to play a lot of zones. Will you have a spy? I'm always a little skeptical with spies because of the athletic ability of Lamar Jackson. I think they'll mix it in occasionally, hoping it's at least a little bit of a deterrent. The bottom line is they got to have their faces and their eyes back towards Lamar in case he breaks pocket. But truthfully, what starts it all is somehow they've got to control J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, and if Mark Ingram plays, right? Because Mark Ingram was a healthy scratch last week. So who, if they're going to run those runners and they're getting four to five yards a crack, then Lamar Jackson's going to be that much better running the football. that's where it all comes into play and oh yeah by the way didn't we watch jack doyle have a really big game at tight end for indianapolis sure did who's coming at you now from baltimore mark andrews who we would say at this stage of their careers who would be more dangerous mark andrews so doyle had a monster day he's a two-time pro bowler but he hasn't been a two-time pro bowler for how long now Right. So, (laughs) so I'm not trying, and again, I'm not denigrating him at all. He's a good player, but he's not at the top of his game as he was. Mark Andrews at the top of his game. So what was going on there? That's something they'll have to do. But to me, it all starts with how they run the football bottom line and everybody gets to Lamar. Of course it's Lamar. But before you get to Lamar, you've got to control JK Dobbins, Gus Edwards, and possibly Mark Ingram. Because if you don't control them, then the market becomes that much better running the football.
2: C.D., we got two one-seeds back in action. The Packers hosting the L.A. Rams. I love that matchup because I can't wait to see the chess match between Aaron Rodgers, who to me is the MVP, taking on maybe the best defense that's playing in this tournament and to me the best defensive player in all of football in Aaron Donald. So you got that game Saturday, and then you got the Brownies house money game, they got their playoff win, and they got to take on Big Bad, Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and the Super Bowl champs. Charles, who is the more live underdog, in your opinion? Is it the Rams going to Lambeau? Is
3: it the Brownies going to Arrowhead? Well, I think conventional wisdom tells you it's the Rams because of what you said. When you have a defense like theirs with Donald up front, and then Jalen Ramsey controlling the back end, and of course he can travel with the number one receiver, Devontae Adams, that would be conventional. But you know what the Browns remind me of a little bit? And because it's a one-game deal and it's different than the NBA, go back to when the answer was hot with Philadelphia. And they went through the playoffs and they had that monster seven-game series with Toronto, and they come in and the Lakers have been sitting around because they just blew through the West. What they sitting around about 10 days? Remember that, J.J.? And Game 1 of the NBA Finals, the team that was oiled up had been playing the whole deal. The answer carries them home. Hits the shot, steps over Tyron Blue, the whole deal. Now, people may have forgotten the next four were Lakers, and they they won it comfortably. But these are one-game one deals. The team that is oiled up playing, and remember, Cleveland's been playing playoffs an extra week. And what I mean by that is they had to beat Pittsburgh Week 17 to get in. So they've been in playoff mode for a while. I think they might they might be a little bit more of the live underdog because they're also getting Denzel Ward back, so he starts at corner. They're getting Kevin Johnson back. He moves back into the nickel. Terrence Mitchell will be the other corner, and you know you need every cover guy you've got against the Kansas City track squad. Let's see if KC gets their mojo back a little bit because down the stretch, offense wasn't quite what we were used to seeing, and they're still a little up with Clyde Edwards-Elair or so maybe Le'Veon Bell has to carry the load. A lot of those questions, if they come out a little slow and Cleveland comes out and is able to run the football, we could, have, we could really have game on in Kansas City. But look, the Rams at Green Bay, with that defense and what Aaron Rodgers is doing, to me it's going to come down to can they slow down Aaron Jones, right? Can they slow down the run game of Green Bay? That's going to be a big key for them. And, and the flip side is Sean McVay, as a play caller, we JJ, we love him, we exalt him, and we deserve and he deserves all of it. I think what gets missed with him is that if he can run the football, he will run the football. And what's Green Bay's Achilles heel overall? Run defense. Cam Akers could get a healthy dose in this ball game, too. C D, we got the two old men going at it, maybe for the final
2: time. Two Hall of Famers. Maybe the best ever doing in Brady. Drew Brees in New Orleans. The Saints have dominated them in both matchups in the regular season. I remember Sunday night football, I was all fired up for the Bucs. Antonio <laughs> Brown's debut. <laughs> I got sucking into that one. I gave that pick out CD. And listen, I stayed up and watched it for four quarters. But sure. that was one of those where I could have gone to bed at like 945 because <laughs> that game was over midway through the second quarter. The Bucks have looked great. They've been putting up big numbers on offense. How much stock do you put into those two regular season games? You put a lot of stock into them, or is it a totally different type of scenario? Because, after all, they played in early November.
3: Yeah, I, I don't think you take them and totally throw them out. But you have to account for the fact that Tampa has finally morphed into being the team that we expected to see offensively with all the weapons they have. And you pointed out Antonio Brown fully integrated now. You know, is, is 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 Godwin, of course, is, is back from his injuries. Evan should be healthier after the knee injury he had. Right on down the line, but to me, this game comes down to this, JJ. Very simply, to me, and 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 I don't want to make it overly simplistic, but I think this is a huge part. Cam Jordan, and if Trey Hendrickson is ready to go, the bookend defensive end. So Donovan Smith, left tackle, Tristan Worst, rookie right tackle. Can you keep those people away from Brady, keep them from creating havoc where he has to step up all the time? And if he steps up, now you're stepping up into the teeth of Anya Mata and and, and the rest of that crew that's in their rankings and the rest of the crew. Can Can those guys stay away so that Tom Brady can do his work? Because if he can, I think we've got a heck of a game on our hands. I really, really do. I know they're plus 46 for the two games in the regular season. I don't see it going down like that this time. But if Trey Henderson, who didn't play, you know, down the stretch, but if he's back, 13 and a half sacks, Cam Jordan on the other side, if they wreak havoc and and, and chip away at the timing, then I think the Saints can win that third game. But you and I both know how hard it is to beat a really good team three times in, in a regular season. And I think Tampa's playing their best football right now. The
2: great Charles Davis over at CBS Sports. Charles, final one. Favorite game of the week. There's only one game you could watch, and thankfully you and I don't have that problem. We'll be dialed yep. in all four. But if there was one game you could call this weekend, what would it be?
3: Baltimore-Buffalo. I agree with that. Baltimore-Buffalo, because I said before the regular season ended, and again, I'm not saying things that other people have not said. I'm not acting like this is an original thought. But I, I have as much conviction with it as I've had all year long. Three weeks before the end of the regular season, I just sit, I announced to anyone who would listen, you better not let Baltimore into the playoffs because then you got to deal with them. They're getting their stride. They've been through you know what this year, and they will be more dangerous this year than they were at fourteen and two last year. I think I'm on target with that. I really do. The way that they're playing. They've they've, they've gotten through the idea of what they were trying to do with Lamar. They've gotten back to being who they are on offense. The defense got healthy when Calais Campbell made his way back, et cetera. They're ball hawks on on defense. Wink Martindale's got to be ticked off. His name's not being mentioned to be a head coach as their D coordinator. He's going to throw a bunch of things at them. This is going to be an interesting game. I take zero away from Buffalo. They're good enough to win this thing. don't, Don't get me wrong at all. But Baltimore... I would, they would scare, to me, they should scare any team they play in the playoffs right now. And going to Buffalo, I think it's going to be a heck of a game.
2: The great Charles Davis. He was unbelievable all year with the great Iron Eagle. I I can't wait till next year. They're doing like 10 Dolphin games. I hope they set up the schedule (laughs) that way. A whole lot of Iron and Charles in South Florida and maybe locally here with the Jets, the Giants, whatever. They've been rock stars. Charles, it's always a pleasure having you on, man. Enjoy the games this weekend. We'll catch up soon, all right?
3: JJ, appreciate you, my man. You take care of yourself and continue to stay safe and hope the same for everyone who can hear us. Be good.
2: That's the legend. That's Charles Davis, who was just unreal with Iron Eagle last week doing that game. And I'm kind of annoyed about the fact they're not doing a game this week. It's unfortunate. All right, we got a lot more to get to. DJ Lemayu is back. Corey Cooper's in the fold. I think Corey Cooper got way too much money, and I'll feel better about this deal if the Yankees do a couple of different things. We'll dive into that. we got a lot more of your calls to get to. Get a board at 877-337-6666. It's JJ, John We're right here on The Fan.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what?